0: Beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Oh, a fine goal by John Barnes. That's a beauty. believe it hello and welcome to the Watford buzz podcast matt and jordan here going to be taking you through the blackburn game as well as a few extra bits that have happened whilst we've been uh well uh, not podcasting i suppose <laughs> jordan how are you doing mate
1: yeah doing very well good to be back again um yeah ready to discuss another game
0: nice one where would you like to begin? Would you like to begin with uh, the
1: new signing
0: of of striker Mileta Rajovic, or would you like to go for Blackburn Rovers? It's, it's it's dealer's choice. Um,
1: yeah, let's let's go. I guess we'll talk a little bit about Rajovic, and then we can kind of mention a little bit as he did get on the pitch, didn't he? But uh, yeah, so I guess we haven't talked about him since our last episode. But the the number nine was finally signed.
0: No, it came a bit out of the blue, didn't it? That signing. I don't think everyone was expecting it to. Um... So really drop in the way it did. And then within a couple of days, he was already in the squad.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was quick. It was
0: Did you have a chance to look at him properly ahead of the game and, and get a sort of your eye in?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um I, I, I did get a chance to sit down and watch uh, watch a decent amount of time of him. It's it's always difficult when you're looking at those kind of different levels of league and, and so on, to try and get that real understanding of a player in a relatively short amount of time. Um, But no, I thought I I started to get a little bit more of a feel for him. Um, It's, you know, an interesting player. It's the number nine we were looking for. We kind of discussed, you know, in regards to Ismail, the the type of striker he wanted, preferably someone a little bit, a little bigger bodied, you know, still got mobility, but can perhaps kind of get you into some other areas of the pitch and maybe play with his back to goal a little. Uh, You could definitely see some of that um, from his time in Sweden. He's, maybe a little bit more of a, of a battering ram striker at times. And I thought we'd be, we'd be looking for it's not that he's not capable of playing with his back to goal, but he definitely likes to get in the box and get shots away. He is a, he, I think he kind of plays as a goal scorer in a sense, you know, he's not necessarily one of those completely selfless strikers that's there as a kind of bouncing board to, to bring brothers into play. Again, he can do that, but that's yeah. kind of not what he, he kind of lives off. It's more about getting into the box and using those instincts to, to get shots away. Um, so I think it's a yeah, a little bit of a blend of what um maybe kind of we have and and, and what we thought we might get. But he, he definitely provides that that bigger body, different avenue of, of kind of getting that ball into the box and maybe giving you something a little bit different once you find him. Um if you can do so. Again, not someone that's gonna exactly carry the ball from deep and drive forward and have, have too many shots, but someone that's gonna be able to you know, sounds a bit cliché, but be a focal point and uh, and play the ball into, and hopefully he's got that kind of physicality to pin pin his centre back and get a turn and, and shoot, and you know, that's what we kind of missing at, on, on a few occasions. So, yeah, different profile of the player, obviously good age, you know, twenty four years old, long term contract. So one they they clearly feel um, they clearly feel good about from from that kind of standpoint. But I, I think he's uh he's an interesting signing. It's an interesting market, and these are the kind of signings we really expected to see. Uh, once we kind of you know brought in Ben Mangren and, and Helena Costa with him to to try and find some, some new guys to come in and help this team over the next few years. Mm. Was he on your radar at all? No he wasn't to be honest with you no I mean the, the Swedish league is one that I don't have too I don't I'm not too familiar with other than kind of forays in there to look at some players that have, have ended up going to kind of championship Premier League clubs but um, obviously some ties to Watford too but yeah not not one of my main ones but again this is a market now which we should maybe keep an eye on a little bit more um I thought we'd be looking maybe more in the kind of Austria and uh and potentially Germany market uh, excuse me German market a little bit more but you know we're, we're, we're not far from that in a sense in, in, in the fact that that Manga does have some some history of kind of looking at players in this area but yeah, one we probably have to keep an eye of because one one thing that we do see with uh, with Ben Mangas once he once he has had kind of a market to to work in, he likes to return to that market as well. So potentially, you know, this is one that over, over the years we'll be looking for. And there's a little bit of history now, and um, with championship clubs that are looking looking kind of over in Sweden for players that can potentially come through straight into the first team. So it, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Mm. So once his signing was announced. Uh... Several people expected him to be in the starting 11. He wasn't. He was ultimately really on the bench. But there were some changes to the starting 11 that caught the eye, though, Jordan. Kayembe came in and Kone and sema and Espria, the notable ones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was this is, this is the question before the game, wasn't it? It was what's going to happen with... Obviously, we had the Ooh. fullback question. Uh, yeah. Will Morris be fit to start and so on? And you know, clearly, he wasn't. Ken Semmer slotting in there. Um, and then the the real the real one the, the real discussion point if you will was the was was the KMBA one I think having that yeah. that change in midfield you know we we wondered if it would be Livermore we've seen Livermore replace Sirialto in that number six role
0: yeah well Livermore was the one that replaced wasn't he because mm-hmm. he was he was the one that was given the role uh, instead of uh, Sirialto, who yeah. is injured seemingly uh, he wasn't he wasn't liked there
1: perhaps. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it, it's a tough one. I think, I don't think he was great there. I think he was fine. I don't think he, this is Livermore I'm referring to. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he kind of filled the role like Siriata did. He tried to occupy that role for sure. Um, I don't think it was executed as well. So they clearly wanted to do something different with with Edo Kiembe there. And to be honest with you, I thought that was a real failing point of the team. I, I didn't like the change once you kind of saw it you know, come to fruition. It wasn't it wasn't quite what we hoped. And this is also, you know, we we've had a few questions during the preseason, the build up to this season, you know, around Siriato in that number six role. KMB was one of those names that was thrown out as a potential option there. And I know we've been on record of saying quite a few times, I think myself, maybe yourself and even Tom as well, have all said that not overly sure about KMB in this in this deeper position. I think he's actually a little bit more effective further forwards kind of occupying one of those two eight positions i thought number six he just looked um not overly comfortable his, his time on possession was just too too long like he got the ball two three four touches and that that spot is really there from a possession standpoint just to keep it moving and with with tempo and with speed and, and start those attacks a little quicker especially when you're playing against a team uh like blackburn that decide to be really compact when you have the ball you kind of want to play through those those positions. You want you want number six in there to to be doing it quickly. And Kiembe was just a little bit, little bit laboured. So I wasn't a huge fan of that um, that change. And yeah, I think it also didn't overly help us out of possession either. I didn't think we looked particularly solid in that in that uh, area as well so that was kind of the one for me out of the, the changes mentioned I think Kone too again didn't really have a great game um he's struggled a little bit this season to really impose himself on games in in really any fac- facet he's been a bit of a passenger uh which is disappointing I have high hopes for Kone and I still think you know he can do well it's obviously early on in the season but so far you know th- th- these two players I don't think really shone in that one out of the midfield I thought Bashiri looked the most uh, accomplished is that fair? How do you feel? How do you feel on that one?
0: Yeah, no, I I have to agree with that. Um, I think we look worryingly uh, light in that central defensive midfield area. Um, yeah. I have to say, I, I was optimistic when I saw Sorrelta's performance because it, you know, it was surprising to us. Um, and it seemed as though it it, you know, it did the job. But we know Sorrelta's injury record, and it's kind of showing up again, and the replacements we have for that position aren't up to the level required to fulfill it.
1: Yeah, I think for me, the troubling thing is, you know, you, obviously in an ideal world, you have two in every position. Of course, that's the the dream from a, a squad building perspective. But I think with with that role being quite a niche, unique role, but also very important to how the team functions, to not have uh, a, a kind of a, almost a close, at least close to being a like-for-like like player in the sense, someone that can come in and there might be a, a, a golfing quality or experience or whatever the you know the, the difference is, but at least having some similar traits and playing in a, in, in a similar way. But there's no there's no real consistency in that role right now. If Siriata's out, the next man up is is, is a different prospect in there, uh, which which is a little bit concerning. And you know this is this is an area I think is is important to look at. I do get the impression that they're. This is kind of more of a longer-term project for them to try and find that player, and it's probably not going to be addressed in this window. If it is, most likely in the, in the loan market. But I don't know if I'm on that recruitment team. I'm, I'm looking to try and fill that gap before the window closes and, and give us some help in there because I'm not convinced about the uh, the other options we have at the moment. And you know, as he as he touched on there as well, Syria to. You can't necessarily rely on him to play the full season in that position. And we also need help at centre back too. And potentially if we don't feel that, he might be asked to to help there as well. So it's it's definitely a little bit light. It's not perfect. Obviously that's, you know, a lot of teams are in a similar position, but um I, I think that is an area to to have a little bit of concern about. Um because we've we've struggled to really kind of nail that down since uh, since Siriata's been missing.
0: Razovic was um touted as possibly being a starter, but um uh, it, that that didn't happen. I think it was... Especially to be in the squad, at least. It was always likely that Bayo would remain in the first 11. I mean, any manager, I think, in that position would want to back the player that's already been there and is already scoring. And, um, yeah. you know, give him the opportunity to to continue to, to show with that slightly added uh, amount of pressure on his back, knowing that there is somebody waiting to come on. Did he thrive under that pressure or did he did he We said in the last game that, that that a lot of the faults that were um aimed at him uh weren't necessarily his fault because he uh he didn't really get the service. But what what, what was his game like in this in this one against Blackburn, Jordan? Uh and, and do you feel like he did enough to retain that starting spot?
1: Yeah, well so we'll start a then, yeah. I mean I just a quick side note here i did post a little thread on bio earlier i'm going to reference some numbers from here if you want to have a visualization to see what i'm talking about then do go ahead and have a look at that um but i think with with bio you know that he's had two games now back to back he's not had a shot uh we've not got the ball to him in in a position where he's able to take a touch shoot and do what he really wants to do he's that sort of player that he does pick up good positions um not necessarily going to be overly involved in the build-up play. He he has been involved in getting getting touches, you know, laying off, moving a little bit and so on. But he's really that that poacher that kind of plays across the line, can get in behind a little bit too. But really, you just want to get the ball into good areas. He's got a good knack for getting in the right position. And his conversion rate is is decent. You know, if you get if you get the ball into a good area, he's going to get there and there's a good chance he scores. It's very simplistic. It sounds simplistic. It it is relatively. Um, I think what you kind of have to accept with Bio, he's not a player that's going to create his own chances too much. You know, you're not playing it to him on the, you know, on the edge of the box, and he's beating a man and beating two men and, and having a shot. He's someone that's going to react to the ball dropping. He's going to find that that area at the far post to kind of latch onto that cross across the face of goal. He's that sort of striker. So if you're not if you're not getting shots off him, uh, it's kind of more indicative of of not really being that. Kind of incisive with the possession in the final third and and finding ways to make the most of it. Now you could argue, you know, you could argue that he could be doing more, uh, and I think that's fair. That is fair. That there is a limitation to bio, but I, I do generally think that if you're if if you're able to produce a, a reasonably you know good standard quality delivery into the box and and find ways into the box, then you should be able to to get goals out of him. We've been in a position where we've had a lot of possession in the final third. We've had a lot of opportunities to get the ball in the box, and we've really just not been consistent enough at doing so. Um, we've had a lot of shots in these games—you know, a, a lot of shots. So I think it's maybe thirty-four shots over the last two games, and for not one of them to come from from Bio says a lot. Um, but you know, having said that, you know, when he does get in the position to shoot, he is leading us for for non-penalty expected goals one point four four at the moment. Uh, obviously, he has scored one goal, and he's he's had a few shots of quality since then too. Um, but I, I do think it's a problem we've got to we've got to come to a conclusion on because we we're, we're not finding opportunities for him to score, and if he's not gonna be able to find them themselves, then himself sorry, then either we have to do something to improve the chances of getting the ball to him, or we have to look for a different option in the forward position to to kind of find that productivity, and that might be what we do with with Rahović there to try and you know make that change, perhaps someone that gives you a little bit of a different look in that forward position might open things up but I think it's it's probably come down to a little bit of a blend of uh, perhaps change a slight change in forward play as well as some some refinement to to the the play through midfield to play from the wings um, and and try and be a little bit more precise in in that final third when we have the have that dangerous possession what 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 are your thoughts on what were your thoughts on bio for that for yourself because he's a quite a mix he's quite a polarizing figure it seems
0: I didn't really notice him in the game, if I'm honest. Yeah, and that's making me me wonder. I don't have the the stats in front of me. I've heard what you've just said, but uh,
1: did he did he touch the ball much? So touches twenty one. Twenty one touches. That's
0: that's more than I probably would have <laughs> would have thought. I I just don't I don't really have any concrete memory of of what he did in that game.
1: He played quite deep. The majority of his the majority of his play was was from outside of the box. You know, he wasn't. Heavily active in the box. So, you know, a lot of his work he does is off the ball. Um, he's not really um he, he's one of those players you don't, you're not, you're not really gonna expect to get a lot of touches. You just need to make sure that when he does get those touches, he can get the ball out of his feet and shoot or he's shooting the first time. That's what you're looking for, but you're looking for a, a goal scorer, he's a poacher. Um that's kind of what what we have in him. And you know, it's kind of up to us if that's the option we had, especially before this one. He's kind of the only real option we had you have to come make the most of it and we we didn't we didn't quite do that so i have sympathy for bio um i, I also you know i respect the detractors as well because there are some legitimate concerns but um he is someone that can go missing and become quite anonymous and i think if your striker has zero shots in two games you know they do look a little bit anonymous at times i think that's probably part partly that that's coming through as well
0: what what does he need jordan in order to be the best version of himself.
1: Does this uh, formation suit him or or not particularly? Yeah, I think it does. I think it can do. You know, I, I think the, the, he's going to thrive off opportunity. Full, you know, opportunities. Like if you if you put the ball into a semi-dangerous position, I trust Vacuum Bio to to find a way the majority of the time to that spot. Good timing, good runs into the box. You know, look at the goal against uh against Stevenage for example. That's a prime example there where. You know, it's, it's a it's it's an it's a decent situation for him, but it it takes him timing his run, hitting you know, hitting the ball at the, at the right moment, being at the, at the right spot, getting getting past the defender, and able to finish. That's kind of what he does. Even the goal against QPR as well. It's simple. But we've had plenty of strikers that haven't been in that position, or when they have been, haven't been able to capitalize. So he needs opportunities, and and that's what we have to provide. And look, technically, we've you know we've been dominant in a lot of ways. We should really be able to provide them with some better ones i think we've just been struggling with the the kind of final ball and the the finish a little bit we've done the hard bit arguably the hard bit obviously it's still you could argue it's the hardest bit to find the the end product there and, and the cross but we are improving a lot in terms of how we're operating in that final third we're just missing that that little bit of extra you know that we get to the byline cut back there's a little bit of a block in there or a deflection and kind of just not quite clean and incisive enough. But you refine that a little bit and, and and suddenly, you know, you're putting the ball into dangerous areas. There's nothing to stop him from getting getting one or two in games quite comfortably but consistently enough. Um I guess the question is what what we choose to to adjust first to to try and kind of increase the overall productivity of of that team offensively. Because we are you know, we are creating a, a number of chances, but the quality of chances is, is the question. You know, if you look at you know overall shots in the league, we're second for shots over the course of the season. Um, but NPXG, so non penalty XG per shot, we're down to twenty first because the quality um, just isn't really there on these chances. That's that's really our problem in a nutshell at the, at the moment offensively.
0: Is is it possible that people are are misevaluating games based on the XG numbers?
1: Um, well, I think you know. I think when you when you're looking at the overall XG, it's not. I think I think when it comes to expected goals, it's an element of um, of the game to to assess. But it, it's all within context. I think the difference between just looking at XG or non penalty XG here is we're we're comparing it to the quantity of shots taken rather than just as an overall you know, large kind of shotgun metric and saying that we should be doing better because we've got a high xg or we should be doing worse because we've got a low or a high xg against whatever the, the kind of argument is in this situation we're, we're kind of looking at it, looking at it from a perspective of okay well we're getting high quantity of shots but we're not scoring goals what's the reason and you know mpxg in this situation shows us that the quality of shot you know on average is is not particularly high so it's, it's a team that's taking a lot of shots not in Great goal-scoring positions and, and not capitalising on it. So it's a case of quantity over quality, um, and that's where the stat is, is is important or useful for us, rather than just saying, you know, you could you could look at the number and say, okay, we've got we're twenty-first for MPXG, we're a bad team, but th- there's there's more context to it, you know. So I think in this situation, it's a, it's a relevant metric to look at, and you know, it's not the only one. Um, the, the the team is. It, the team is is going through a lot of change, uh, but we we have developed a style of play, and we we are actually playing relatively well. If you're looking at performance-based um, kind of not just numbers, you can look at the eye test too, and and see how we're playing. There's a lot more uh, structure, a lot better patterns of play we're seeing offensively and defensively. There are you know it's not perfect. There are some concerns. Uh, we we've changed you know we've we've changed quite significantly. Um, as as a team as a collective from where we have been in, in in recent years you know even just being a possession-based team you know it's quite new for us we're not used to being kind of at the higher end of the league in terms of of retaining the ball you know play played against a Blackburn side which are, are quite good on the ball and quite happy to retain it but they they came to Vicarage Road and we had 65% possession and they changed their game plan to to accommodate that they were sitting deep and um, and trying to be compact you know off the ball with right at the top when it comes to pressing and and you know disruption of the opposition and so on that's that's something we're really working hard on so it's a very very different team and one thing the numbers can tell us is they can give us indicators in terms of performance and we are performing at a higher level than what the results are kind of equating to at this point and generally generally that starts to catch up and change as long as you can keep putting that sort of level of performance out there you know oftentimes these things do turn around I think there's things we could do to be a little bit proactive to to change that ourselves but um, overall, uh, I'm, I'm relatively happy and relatively content with what we've been seeing on the pitch. There's just a few little areas that could, that could change it and, and you know kind of improve this overall output from a, from a point perspective and ultimately winning games.
0: Mm. And away from the numbers, if you look at the players just as a whole, that they look happier and they also look like they're fighting harder, significantly harder than than they seemed to be last season.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's kind of a. I think that's almost a side effect of the proactive nature of being a counter pressing team as well. I think it you inherently feel better about the, the the team as a whole when they are kind of you know showing some fight to win the ball back and putting that effort in. You know and that's that's it's, it's a nice it's a nice situation to be in. I think it's it's a good contrast because when you when you have the ball like we do, you know you are able to to conserve a little bit of energy and, and control that ball consistently when you do lose it, you've got a little bit of extra juice to, to really chase and, and, and fight it back and, and, and turn over quickly and and start the attack again. And that's that's something we've seen um from this Watford team this year. It's you know been a little bit up and down and I think there's been times where it's not been great, you know, stoke away. But I thought this this game again against Blackburn, it was, it was a dominant performance. There's there's no getting around it. I know Blackburn gave us some gave us some tests at points too. It wasn't you know kind of a walkover. Obviously we lost the game one nil um but they you know we we were in control um we should have won that game and i think i I think there's a good chance we played it again we'd we'd win the game and they could win it by two or three goals in in actuality but that's just the nature of uh, this sort of league it's not always perfect and and it's also what we have to look at you know performance over the course of you know, multiple games to really get a true, true idea of what this team is and what it can be. But I do think that with a couple of changes and a little bit of luck, in some ways, a little bit of refinement of certain things, and and you're a team that can end up being quite productive and, and quite a threat. Um, but you know, it, it doesn't just happen. You have to, you, you do have to will it into happening too. At a certain point, you can't really just hope that luck changes things around for you. Um, but it, it's perhaps better uh than it, it it can feel initially, even after kind of watching the game the first time. I think if you can go back and look at it coldly, uh you could be a little bit more positive. Uh if, if you're a, a neutral perhaps watching watching your team play Watford, I think you might come away with a better impression than we do as Watford fans. I think we're a little bit suspicious that that things can change or get better. But um yeah, looking at it from kind of a uh an objective standpoint, I, I'd say there's a lot to be to be positive about it. Let's just see if we can uh, push it further a little bit. And and that might happen with some perhaps added recruitment or, um you know, just a little bit of, again, refinement of that coaching to, to maximize the, the potential of the squad.
0: Well, in terms of the added recruitment, um rajavich came through the door. He was on the bench and he was brought on in the 56th minute for Bayo. What did we see from him? What was it immediately obvious that he gave us that was different to Bayo? Was he successful in what he was trying to do? It must have been difficult for him because he hasn't had long with the side. But what were the initial impressions that we got, Jordan?
1: Yeah, I thought it was fine. I, you know, I think it's he, he came on at a, a, a good time for him. Obviously, he'd come and make the difference, perhaps score a goal and win us the game. But you could tell that things were a little bit rushed for him. Um, he didn't play badly by any means, but he wasn't able to have a, a massive impact. And he had two shots. One was kind of a wayward effort. He was able to get one that was kind of on target a little bit down the middle but um you know he he got a couple of touches in there a couple key passes as well Got two key passes but he was he was fine he was a bit more of a, again a battering ram he kind of threw himself about a little bit he was involved quite quickly um from coming on but i wouldn't judge too much negatively or positively from that one it was such a uh kind of a whirlwind of a of a, I don't think how many minutes to even play 34 minutes when he, when he came on that it, it was hard mm. to kind of see too, too much. But, you know, I think he at least pro- approached it with some good energy and he, he did at least give some, a little bit of momentum at a time. We were, you know, we were kind of not running out of ideas. We were trying to wear Blackburn down and nothing was quite going through. Uh, I thought he did help the game and and actually for that matter, I thought the subs that came on in general did improve the, uh, the output of the team.
0: Mm. Surprising that he has received some criticism already from some parts of the Watford fan base because he has only just joined us, but um, he has done.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some parts of the fan base that will criticise every single aspect. You know, he was getting criticised before he even kicked the ball. <laughs> and the, the, the fact is, it's just, you know, it's just the lack of patience in these things. Is, it, it can be ridiculous. And you know what, if, if, if Milita Rahovic ends up not working doesn't mean you were right to to write him off instantly because it didn't you know he's you don't know yet we haven't seen it and if there's one thing we must have learned by now surely over the years as as Watford fans especially over the last 10 12 years or however long it's been you know a lot of these players that come across we're not aware of before before they join the team before they arrive at Vicarage Road and you don't know one way or the other we've had plenty that we had high hopes for that didn't turn out and, and plenty in the opposite direction too so let's just, you know, give the guy a chance. He's, too, he's a kid. He's just arrived. Uh, he made a, a decent performance off the bench. That's just like the team. Let's kind of give it some time and try and figure out what's actually going on here rather than jump into, to conclusions so quickly because, you know, the fact that we've been having to discuss- One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. this is kind of silly isn't it he's he's played 35 minutes for us
0: early days but he has been given the number 9 shirt there's clearly a lot of backing there do you think that he is likely to start the next game or do you think it will continue to be bayo who's got the starting spot for the moment
1: um i i do think that i get the impression that ismail will start bayo next game i think I think he'll kind of ease Rahovic into it, but you know. But having said that, I wouldn't be surprised either way, though. Um, I, I definitely didn't think Rahovic would start this one. Uh, Throw the game against Blackburn. I, I thought it was quite likely that you're going to see both the reasons that you pointed out at the beginning there too. Uh, but coming up, you know, you, you might see him as a as an opportunity to perhaps change some of the some of our fortunes in front of goal. And you know, again, we we talked about earlier, but give ourselves a little bit of a different look up front um so I, I think it's up in the air let's see how it goes in training and it'll probably be a little bit more down to the wire here uh be, there's also probably an element of ismail you know wanting to respect the the effort that has put in up until now because whilst it hasn't been perfect in front of the goal he is uh, like he is our top scorer across all competitions and his work off the ball has been very good and so on so perhaps uh perhaps ismail sees Bayo as kind of a, a, a better candidate for the moment until until Rajovic gets up to speed and, and kind of understands fully what's expected of him, because I'm sure that's an element that, that will play a part in, in selection too.
0: One moment that I remember clearly from Rajovic was he was in an advanced position and it looked as though the right decision was to pass the ball into Chakvatadze, but instead he took the shot on himself and, and it didn't go the way he wanted it to. Do you remember that moment, Jordan?
1: Yeah, I think that was that was the one that felt a little bit rash. You kind of hit across the ball right, and it kind of sliced out to the right of the goal. Yeah. Um,
0: but to be fair, do you want your number nine taking those chances on, or or do you do you want them to play whatever the best? I don't mind. Options? I don't mind it. You don't mind it.
1: I mean, you want him to play. obviously in an ideal world, you wanted to play that, but he just come off the bench, and this is his, his moment. You know, I'm sure at that time, it's emotions are high. You think you can be the guy to score the winning goal. I I, I get it completely. I. I understand it. It's not a big deal. Um, it's, it, it could have been better, sure, but you know, there's also the opportunity he could have hit that well and gone to the roof of the net, and we'd be talking about a different outcome now. So tough to say, but yeah, no, I do know what you mean. Um, but I think that's why we should be objective about this appearance too, because there's there's so much going into it. First appearance off the bench. Let's let's let see how he uh, see how he develops. But I'm um, I'm intrigued. I like as I said, I like the signing um from a profile perspective kind of what we we're looking for but also the market we are working in um i think it's a good area to go into especially with the sort of the sort of team we're, we're trying to be the sort of style of play we're trying to kind of accomplish or achieve in terms of um you know consistent performance uh, i i like the i like the the signing as a whole right now let's see how it develops but so far i'd say yeah rare to be positive obviously the counter-attack which which led to the goal um, from Blackburn was, you know, a little bit concerning to some. What was your what was your feelings on the on the actual defensive display of the game?
0: Of the goal instant itself, or the overall?
1: Or just kind of the goal kind of is a bit of a, feels like a bit of a microcosm of the the risk we were we were playing with during the game. We kind of got punished for it. Yeah, is, is that? I guess what I'm trying to say is we clearly it's a game we were dominating we were you know we had the advantage in 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 the in the opposition third we were playing high up the pitch i think i think field tilt which is you know um in terms of the control of the ball in the opposition or kind of balance of control you know we had that in the opposition opposition third at 72.1 percent it was it was our game in that sense but to kind of apply to keep your foot on the neck of blackburn for so long it did require us to commit bodies forward and we had you know at the time of the goal itself we'll just talk about the goal you know both fullbacks are up in the opposition half and you know we're, we're pressed right forward and then we are hit on that break what 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 do you kind of feel is that is that a risk reward you're willing to play with is it something that we were doing at that time because we needed to we might be a little bit smarter and show a little bit more now in, in in different situations perhaps and that was just that kind of a a rarity we were willing to take that risk or is it a risk you're happy to take you know quite a lot of the time in order to give us some some positive output up front
0: we kept playing ourselves into danger and i remember portius having to really get us out of trouble on several occasions
1: yeah and that is the thing is we do play we do play with an element of risk in the sense that you know you, you have that offensive dominance but it comes at the cost of you know turnovers are a big thing and that's another another reason we talk about that six in possession being important he's also that kind of that glue for the def- the defense too because there'll be plenty of, of of occasions where Porteous and Hoot are de- defending in space kind of getting countered and the fullbacks are you know racing to get back into position and and, and try and recover. It's uh, it, it is a potential problem area. We limit the opponent because of our posse- because of our possession dominance uh, and, and because of how we we try and counter press and, and win that ball back so quickly. We have been very good at lim- the, limiting the opponent to to few chances, but we can be stretched. And I think that's the question we play against better opposition. You know, the question is, are we going to be adapting our game towards that? Or are we still going to be continuing the same thing? And we, we get exposed by kind of maybe a more clinical team, you know, think Blackburn only had 11 touches in our box. They didn't have uh, a tons of shots. They had an XG of 0.3 in that game. It It, it wasn't one that they really were necessarily threatening, but, you, know, you the
0: journalists span it as a, a snatch and grab in in most yeah in most different um, it, fields. I think BBC went with something similar to that as
1: well. In 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 a way, I don't,
0: think, I don't think a lot of people were expecting Blackburn to to pick up the victory in the way
1: they did. No, I don't think so either. I mean, they only, they only really got away three shots in our box, and you know, two of them were, were dealt with, and the other one was obviously a, a potential could have gone, the goal could be done better and and so on. But it was a a real high piece of quality uh to kind of you know work the chance in itself it, it's i mean just looking at just kind of as we're discussing here just going through in terms of you know we're looking at numbers for the game but as as a season so far obviously very early on so we're not going to get too carried away but in terms of um non-penalty xg you know we're we're ranked one for you know lowest xg against us non-penalty xg against us uh, that that's obviously you know a good indicator of limiting the opponents to a to low quality goals and opportunities. Now you'd say, well, you know if that's the case, how come, how come we've kind of had the performances or the other results we've had? You know that's <laughs> that can come down to you know individual quality of the player or the, the quality of the strike. You know look at Hedges' goal; it's not a, a position that you're going to give a high high quality or high rating of XG towards because it's not a, a clear cut easy opportunity, but he finishes it. Um, you know we're we're not giving up a ton of of big big chances right now, and I think I think we could do. I think that could increase. To be honest with you, I think we've got a little bit lucky at times with Hoot and Porteus. Um, And for me, you know, we we talk about goals and and being offensively competent. I think that will come. I think we can do that. I'm actually a little bit more concerned about that defensive shape and the defensive look over the course of the season. If we don't address that six consistently um he can affect offensive build-up but also that defensive solidity uh, and also Hoot and portius you know you say about portius recovering at times you know how to dive in and make those tackles if one of those hadn't happened if he wasn't able to get there you know that could be a very different look to this game too and not to mention the fact we're quite thin in that position an injury to one or two of them i think the quality drop off is, is relatively consistent uh, relatively considerable uh so if you if you suddenly lost wesley Hoot for six months how good do you feel about that back two? You know the two centre backs when they're when they're playing as the only two players in their own half. It it, it feels a lot different to me. Um, and if you're looking at projecting, yeah. the
0: only centre back we had on the on the bench on Saturday was Pollock. Pollock,
1: correct? Yeah. And then if Suryaout is there as an option, then you know you're, you're pulling him out of number six potentially to to fill that role. And then you're left up with, with another problem. So that seems like a real area of need. Uh, and, and one that I expect us to address before the window closes, because it, it feels like we're on borrowed time in that position. And you know, with with the injury record we've had previously, you know, we're always going to be looking over our shoulder a little bit when it comes to those. So uh, I think that's one that has to be addressed personally, kind of almost the most important position, almost more than the, more than the number six right now, because I am um, a little bit concerned about what happens to that overall defensive structure because we're asking a lot of those two right now, and they they for the most part done it. Um, but there are still question marks over them, in my opinion, on occasion. So it's uh, it's a little bit of a gamble we're playing. So, so I mean, depends how much further you want to kind of take that gamble by relying on just the two of them really to to be the options for the, for the whole season.
0: Wonder mm. if Kafka gets a, uh, a call on transfer deadline day.
1: <laughs> he hasn't gone anywhere. He was linked to Ipswich, wasn't he? He didn't, he didn't actually go anywhere yet. Yeah.
0: yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. Yeah, still a free agent. Mm.
1: Not sure he's also the player I want in space either.
0: Um, Well, I I can tell you, I can tell you, Jordan. Something that won't help us going forward um, was Imran loser's decision to be late in uh, a couple of training. Yeah,
1: yeah. We you you never want to be without Imran loser. That's that's definitely true. Uh, Yeah, it's just not. I hope that's enough of a of a message from the from the head coach. The fact is, how firm can you be? Because ultimately you need him around losing the pitch in some ways too. So it's it's, diff- I know it's, it's kind of the worst player for for, for, for in that sense. But yeah, I mean it does it does show a, a golfing quality at that eight position. I think we obviously know how talented he is. What I do you know, what I do hope is that as I said, it does kind of set a bit of a precedent for, for the rest of the team that it's not something we can get away with and hopefully they fear some consequence from that um because you know if there's one thing we're we're pretty unanimously certain on as as a as a fan base in loser generally makes this team better so you know we need we need our players available and and certainly not losing them to kind of stupid disciplinary issues yeah
0: it's um disappointing because it <laughs> by by telling him off he, he's
1: severely you know harming the team was it enough of a message i guess that would be the question do you think that adding loser from the start gives us a little bit more intent in forward positions, or would you even be tempted to bring in one of those players that's come off the bench and and played in that central role, um, kind of a bit more offensive minded, like the, like like perhaps the yes, Aspera playing in the centrally as a number eight, or you know you got Tom Ince that can come on as well.
0: I I really liked it when Chak Vertazi was playing as an eight. Yeah. I thought that that's something that could that could definitely. Uh... Uh, carry on going forward what did you think when he was played there
1: i th- yeah i think it's good i think it's it's, it's promising and you know i would be looking at this this situation and, and trying to work out how you can how you can correct it and help it along and you know i think there's an argument to say do we give up a little bit of robustness in midfield with the likes of tom de and do you look at do you look at you know bringing him in there or do you look at bringing Espria inside starting tom ints I think Tom Ince was, was good when he came on. I'd be tempted to start him on the right next game. Do you kind of yeah, decide really. to... Yeah, no, I thought he was good.
0: Instead of, of Espria.
1: I think so, yeah. I thought Espria struggled a little bit from the start. Um, I wasn't... He, he got better in this, as, the, as the game went on, but I think early on he just looked kind of off it. He he wasn't really picking up the spaces and uh, and playing with the same level of effectiveness as what we've seen from him. I thought Ince when he came on, he, he took up good positions. Um, he, he, he kind of found space well. He attacked the box. He he made it difficult for for opponents more than Espriot was doing. So uh, I'd be quite happy to start him in the next one. I'd say he's personally kind of earned a start. Uh, after the last two sub appearances, I thought he was good against Stoke as well. So that would be my preference. But then I'd be looking at that number eight position and thinking what could we do um, to to potentially get someone that can you know drive into the box be a threat so we do need to get one of those guys into the box we saw it against QPR where both loser and tom dabashuru at times were getting into the box and you know part of that was because we were able to expose QPR but even against better teams like Coventry away from home you know I'd, I'd be tempted to see what what would happen if we were a little bit more um well a little bit more bold in the, in that position it's a tough sell on a on a head coach that's going to play away at home at a good team like Coventry, maybe, but you know it's it's at least something that can be considered, and we we definitely considered it from the bench at times this season. So it's not a huge jump to to potentially risk it from the start and and see if that's a way just to kind of break those those floodgates a little bit and see if we can potentially. Uh, you know start being a little bit more effective in 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 the forward areas in in terms of productivity,
0: martins was very impressive i think um just in terms of productivity in the forward areas on Saturday. I thought that he was very unlucky not to score um and I, I think his game is improving, yeah oh, extremely you know, game on game basically
1: he's probably the standout of that game from a from an attacking um, point of view wasn't he he was he was causing them all sorts of problems and yeah, one thing one thing we've really struggled with at Watford uh, over the last you know 5 6 years how do we break down opponents that sit back against us and you know every game we've played this season that's what we've had to deal with really we've we've played a possession based game and and teams are sitting back and and keeping compact and and keeping their shape and that's partly the the problem that comes to our scoring goals right now is it's hard to break down hard to beat um and, and we're finding ways to do so but you look at someone like Martins and he's he's a player that's really still allowed us to be offensively threatening in those situations. He's kind of been the brightest spark there. So, you know, that, that's kind of invaluable to us. And if we can keep that, keep that going with him and, and, you know, add that threat on the right-hand side with someone like Aspria or Ince, then, you know, we're really improving our chances. And I, I think he's, he's been one of the, if not the highlight of the season so far, I'd say, from a, from a player perspective
0: we we we're not far away from having a team that we're pretty happy with in every 1 to 11 but uh as things stand there's at least 3 there that you know you would ideally prefer someone else being in that position right
1: yeah and yeah and this is but this is also you know it's a it, it, it's a project that's not going to be done overnight you look at the players that have gone out the amount of change that had to happen we want to bring players in for sure and there's no doubt about that but you know some of these players that it's not all going to line up perfectly you know you'd like to sign them all at once and have them ready to go at the right time but it's not the nature of the sport and it's a multi-window project and we talked about this in pre-season if we can if we can get you know a lot of work done and, and and might have to take a few gambles somewhere and you know make a few adjustments to to fit the squad we have that's just part of the game that's what makes the sport interesting so it's not perfect. And I still think we can do some business in the meantime, but um, we are, we have at least established or or put together the majority of a squad or a good portion of a squad that while it may not be, you know, top tier quality in all positions, that it is a squad that at least suits the style of play. We're kind of striving for, not just from a, from their current head coach, but in in a kind of general sense. And, and that's something we were very, very far from just, uh, just a few months ago. So, it is promising, and we, you know, even within that, we're still managing to find ways to bring players in that can improve the team. So, I'm definitely not someone that's going to be um, that won't be objective in, in regards to assessing the the window and the squad building in general. But I think it's easier to look at, look at this as a you know maybe in a slightly more negative light than what is perhaps fair. And you know, the, part of that is because of the the hangover of you know supporting this club through some some really bad windows. Oftentimes mm-hmm. we feel like we need a ton to to change it, but yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. Obviously, we've still got a little bit left of this one, and the next couple yeah. of days. Generally, we we tend to date ourselves quite quickly when it comes to our podcast, which is probably quite a good thing for um for Watford fans. So you know, there's a very good chance that we see someone come through the door, whether it's from Udinese on loan or or what have you. There's, there's a good chance something happens in the next couple of days, which which makes the squad better. I don't really see anyone anyone leaving now, so we we are pretty much looking at adding. I'd, I'd most likely say. In terms of
0: position, uh, I've, I've just seen something here that uh, Lou Orns has put out. Uh, it got about 1,400 votes, which is, you know, reasonable. 70% uh, deciding that they would prefer to see a defensive midfielder come in uh, over a centre back winger or other. So that's, that's, how, the, um, that's how the vote's gone. You'd you prefer a central defender, would yeah. you, Jordan, if, if you had a choice?
1: um well i i mean all things being i mean it's tough i was in terms of what i think has the most effect on the team and what i think would be the most influential i'd say a central midfielder but i am i am really worried about the drop-off with with centre-back and the depth issues there you know we we missed we we lost Hoot for a couple of games last season you know who knows anything could happen to Porteous. I don't know how comfortable I feel with with Pollock being the starter, and then no one behind him potentially either. You know, I think mm. it's imperative just to have enough depth in terms of bodies, almost, to get a centre back in. Um, but the the C, the the, the centre midfield, the defensive midfield number six, that is a crucial role. You know, for different reasons, you could almost argue them being equally important. They've had to choose one. For had to choose one. I probably changed my mind by the time this this comes out, <laughs> but I'd almost say centre back at this point. Well, you've convinced just me. Just because it's convinced me. it's so thin.
0: I mean, I think I think the main argument here I, is that um, <laughs> even though we don't like some of the options we have at defensive midfield, they do exist. Whereas we don't we don't have that centre back options.
1: Yeah, and at the very least, you can change your approach, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, at the very least, least yeah. you could you could say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna adapt this number six role. Let's give it a little bit less responsibility and possession, maybe drop two back there to help him build up. You know, there's things you can do. But if you don't have a centre-back, you don't have a centre-back. What does worry me a little bit is I do wonder if they see Jake Livermore as a potential option there and they're kind of looking at him as the fourth centre-back currently sort of Mm -hmm. situation, um, which which, which, which would concern me. I I think, you know, one area which I think we could do with, I, I don't think we'll make it this window unless... You know, potentially we have been linked with some centre backs, and you know, maybe in the low mark you could find one of these. But I think where we'd really benefit to help this team, despite the fact they've done quite well so far, I would I would quite like to add a centre back that you know potentially a little bit of a more kind of pacey, athletic centre back, someone that could that could play and uh, perhaps play a little bit of that higher line that we're trying to do. You know, take that risk, and you've got a little bit more insurance there because. You know, Porteous and Porteous and Hoot really are relying on making that first contact to break counterattacks. You know, if that ball's coming into that striker, essentially they've got to win that. They've got to kind of try and get in front of that forward and and win the ball or at least hold him up. But if he does get past him, if that ball goes in behind them, I'm not really fancying their odds most of the time against you know a lot of forwards in this division. So if you're really making this team kind of ideal in terms of um, kind of building this team towards a start of play. I think you're looking at a centre-back that has a little bit more kind of ground coverage that, that can help you out in those situations, have a little bit more recovery speed um, and just give you, again, a little bit more insurance when you're playing that high line. That's that's a concern of mine. So I do think it does give you tactical um, options and advantage if you can bring another player in that position as well as just adding depth. But as you say, the, the fact is we're short on numbers at the very least. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of an area that has to be has to be looked at. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. Uh, although I would say that um, the 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 Hoot Porteous partnership is probably my favourite defensive partnership we've had in oh, I don't know at least three years I'd say. So it's it's I mean I'm, yeah, you're I'm liking, liking it, it yeah. yeah. Okay. I think they've got something about them. It's just it's yeah. uh, a bit old school. It's a bit old school and I I am a bit old school. A bit too, old so school. I, I quite like.
1: Yeah yeah I know I know. Yeah yeah. Well, I'll let you have that. I won't rip it away oh, thank from you. You. Thank and you. Enjoy that no, partnership. I'll,
0: it. I'll let let me enjoy it for a few more.
1: Where do we go from here? Is this uh... we have obviously got a, a game against Coventry coming up away. It'll be a different test, obviously, than than what we've had so far. You know, a different style of team. You know, team that plays the back three, potentially hurt us in in some other areas. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm 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 curious. I'm cautiously optimistic slash curious about this one i'm hope i'm just still kind of hoping there'll be a game that's just kind of it clicks into place of it always hoping it's the next one but um i, I think it'll be an interesting match and it, it i'm hoping for those going to it will be an exciting one because i'm i'm very curious to see how it pans out but uh yeah a different opponent to What we've had so far i'd say
0: yeah probably one of the toughest i think of, of the season we've had so far
1: yeah I, i'd say that's that, that's definitely definitely true and yeah, I thought the I thought the Blackburn game would be one where a team comes to us and you know, regardless of it being a Vicarage Road, I thought they would they would play with a little bit more intent uh, and try and dominate us a little bit more. I was kind of surprised the respect that that we were given. I'm interested to see how Coventry doing that in in that regards because generally they have they've, they've been quite good at being a team which is is confident in how they play and you know they make adaptations, but I wouldn't expect them to to do what. To be as drastic as Blackburn were in terms of change of approach. So, you know, this would be one to perhaps wrangle for possession a little bit more. And I, I wouldn't have thought we'd, we'd kind of get that, that same kind of 65 close to 70%, but you know, who knows? It, it could also happen. It's, it's, it's a little bit hard to say, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very, very interested in this one. I'm, I'm I think it will be a good game. Or I hope it will be anyway.
0: Mm. They've lost a the big player since last season.
1: Yeah. A lot of turnover. Um, it's difficult to deal with, but I think they at least, at least with Coventry, they they have really established a, a style of play that really feels embedded in the team, um, which you know does lay to comp- compensate somewhat. They they do look still assured in in certain situations, which you know won't won't help us. You know they are not a bad team, regardless of that loss in quarter, and they have brought players in that you know it's, they're looking to to develop into the squad and and you know climatize to a new team. So. You know, the later you play them, the more chance you you play against them with those players playing at a higher level, effectively. So, yeah, I, I, some they kind of adds a bit of an unknown quantity to them. But I, I'm not I'm not saying these are a team that we're gonna we're gonna roll over because they've lost some big guys. Because they they've also still got some players in there, which you know, whilst you might not look at the McFasden's and so on as, as glamorous necessarily, when you put them in the context of of that Coventry side, they're kind of a bit of a different animal. So, um. Yeah, I, I like Coventry as a team and I think in a weird way they're a team we should kind of aspire to to be in in a sense of establishing a, a footballing philosophy and kind of building towards it and, and reinforcing it.
0: All right, well thanks very much for tuning in. Um we'll be back again after the Coventry
1: fixture. Certainly will be, yeah. Looking forward to it.
0: Not sure if Tom will be there. He might still be on his sabbatical, but um Jordan and I will be able to bring you up to date on what's happened. And the, uh, the 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 data behind the game and, and what it's telling us. And hopefully it's telling us that we picked up another three points. That's what I'm hoping it's telling us. Um, until that time, um, if you want to um, follow us on Twitter, just um, find us on at what for pod You can find Jordan at Jordan Wymer. Uh, Tom's at TB I'm at Messi Messiano. Um, and you could also give us a lovely little rating on um, on the Apple Podcasts if you, if, you, if you'd be so inclined uh it really does help us to um to, to get our pod out to more people if you go down to the bottom of the page just give us a rating out of five and leave a little comment for us as well and we'll read that out on the show and uh and, and tell everyone what you think of the pod whether it be good or bad hopefully good but we'll, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see um and also we have a patron as well uh you can find that just by typing in um what for buzz patreon uh and it should uh, bring us up and uh, you can join us there if you would like to alright I think we're done Jordan so um, we'll say our goodbyes and um, see all of you lovely people again in a few days time
1: Goodbye, bye bye